where nobody knows your name is recorded with input of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This is a Cheers podcast and today we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 3, I Call Your Name. It aired on the 18th of October, 1984. Well, it's a while ago now and uh, this was written by... Ah, yes, Peter Casey and David Lee, who are new writers. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't recognise their name from previous credits. Uh, I do recognise the director's name. Is it James Bowes? Uh, I'll just fact check. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this episode? Interesting premise. I thought it was a really enjoyable one. I think uh, both B and A are really enjoyable. About names. But should we start uh, the cold open? Yeah, we'll start where it begins. Carla returns to Cheers, and she's cutting short a date with Eddie as she has to work. Eddie has a spare ticket to an RV show, so Carla convinces Coach to go instead. Which sets up all kinds of hilarity. Just Coach making a really new friend who... <laughs> it was a sly one how she did it, though. Coach! What? You like RVs? Mobile homes? That kind of stuff? Well, I don't know that much about them, Coach. Would you like to learn? Well, I was meaning to. Coach? <laughs> Meet Eddie. Eddie, Coach. Hi, Eddie. He's got an extra Hi. ticket to the RV show for tonight, Coach. How's that sound? Terrific. Well, go ahead. I'll cover for you. Hot dog. Oh. Cunning, cunning Carla. Mm. Mm. Now we jump into the main episode, James. So, ooh, it's a moral dilemma, isn't it? Which side? Both. Yeah. A lot gets said in this episode. Should we talk about the A plot first? It sort of begins with Fraser and Sam. They're talking about relationships and Fraser confesses that in his profession of psychology, it's good to talk to people who aren't of the profession to gain further insight. Mm. He says how his, his one of his patients called Thor has, has had some issues. What's his, uh, what's his problem? Well, Thor's girlfriend, let's call her Electra, cried out another man's name during the act of love. Oh, Thor, ouch. Mm, precisely. Sam, Sam C. Scream. I know in the podcast medium, uh, me doing quotations and things doesn't work great. But when I say, like, Thor or Frasier, yeah. it's, it's me doing quotations. <laughs> I just clear Thanks, Thor. Just, well, you know, I've been doing it a bit. <laughs> so Thor and his girlfriend Electra had a bit of trouble. In that Electra gave another man's name. Yeah, she screamed down uh, another man's name, Sam. Someone else. And obviously Sam sees straight through. Fraser's very well masked. Well, well, well planned out. It, it got to the point where telling the story, he goes, "My patient." And some goes thought. Yes. <laughs> Again, I really question Fraser. He seems too casual. He trusts people pretty quick. Yeah. You should see a doctor. <laughs> so this kind of idea of Sam knowing what he believes is Diane said his name in the bedroom with Fraser. He kind of throughout the episode drops sort of lines to Diane to hint his yeah. knowing. Like uh, Diane trying to call him to get an order, and Sam goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you calling out my name." <laughs> Eventually, there's a big confrontation in the office, and Phaedra goes, I didn't tell him, he deduced it, and Dan goes, Sam deduced it? This is Sam we're talking. Feeding into the other B-plot about 
honesty, truth. That's a, it's a very interesting, well, it's a good moral case study. Cliff has to decide whether or not to report another postal employee to their supervisor because they stole a fragrance sample. But it, it makes an interesting point, though, because he talked about the whole slippery slope aspect. Yeah, sure, it's only a perfume sample. But if the other employees see him getting away with this, they're going to start taking things, too. First, whole magazines go missing, then social security checks. Before you know it, Grandma's fruitcake doesn't make it to little Bobby, Peggy, and Sue. <laughs> and their little hearts will be broken, thinking Grandma forgot them this year. <laughs> I mean, I get the slippery slope, but maybe just talk to the person. Actually, he decides not to say anything. At first. And then Carla comes in. She, she goaded him. She's a goader. She, uh, she riles him up and he, he says, I'm going to stick to my morals, and calls up and puts on the next. Hello. Hang on to your yak strap. I have a terrible thing to report. And that's not because he's a coward. He just wanted to give some drama to the bar. Yeah, for entertainment. Yeah, for entertainment. Um, and it turns out it's, uh, it's it's Lewis. Yeah, the next day. Lewis from episode... Chris Rocky Moment, wasn't it? Chris Rocky Moment, yeah. Another episode where Carla uh, encourages Cliff to, to start she, fighting. She's, she's just trying to get Cliff in there. But Lewis returns and he's, he's there to see Cliff. Lewis's logic is because Cliff is a very nosy individual oh, no. who talks to everyone, he'll be able to solve the case and find Detective out. Detective Cliff, eh? master of the spy game. Eh? <laughs> so Cliff will be able to solve the person and be able to find the name. Mm-hmm. Who ratted Lewis out? Unfortunately for Cliff, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> Which gives the moral dilemma. It's whether he's open to and honest to Lewis, given that Lewis is um, quite a tall, muscular man, and Cliff is not as tall. <laughs> Though there was one bit where it's adorable, where he comes in and Cliff goes, Oh, Lewis, you smell divine. And it's because he's wearing the fragrance. <laughs> and Lewis just seems so happy and proud, and he's just like, Thank you, Cliff. <laughs> In the A plot again with Sam, Diane, and Frasier, they all go into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam and Diane do. Sam says Frasier told me they called my name up. They have a bit of a spat, mm-hmm. and Diane says like I hate you both. I don't know who I hate more and things like this. And then Frasier sort of walks in quite happy. <laughs> yeah, quite happy and just pretty chill. And then doesn't <laughs> walks into sort of the hellfire. It's interesting because uh, we say it's the A plot, but Frasier doesn't appear until almost 11 minutes into the episode. Turns out that Diane's not the only one who doesn't have Crane on the bridge. <laughs> so Di- Diane's quite embarrassed and humiliated that Frasier shared this with Sam. And in light of this, Sam and Diane almost have to reassure each other and Frasier that they have no feelings for each other. Again. Yeah. I'm feeling a pattern with this series. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> I won't lie to you. <laughs> Three episodes in, and it's gonna happen in every episode. <laughs> so, so that happens again. Um, it turns out that that kiss, that awkward kiss at the end of the last episode, wasn't a great start to a friend. Despite uh, <laughs> psychiatric knowledge. They, they say they have no feelings for each other. And then Prasia leaves the room, and Diane says, What actors we are, Sam. Huh? I'm amazed we could pull that off. Bora. Fooling a man so versed in human behavior. I don't think it would take much encouragement to turn it into an inferno. Oh, Diane. Fraser. And then she does like this cheeky wink and says, uh, you fell for my ploy. I'm like, he, he did. But also, you, you just kissed your ex quite passionately while you were dating someone else. <laughs> Scenario. Yeah. 
uh, where decided he's going to give the name to Lewis. But he's going to write it down. In an envelope. Yeah. Lewis comes in, as arranged, Cliff hands over a letter. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a, a passionate sort of statement. Lewis, the man whose name is in this envelope bears no animosity towards you or any living thing. He's a man who loves his country, and what he did was out of a sense of duty towards America, God, and, and all that we cherish. <laughs> uh, one other thing, Lewis. The man who did this is terribly, terribly sorry. Please forgive him. Lewis puts two and two together and comes to the assumption that Cliff mm. is a snip. But he says, uh, Hey, and tell that fellow he's real lucky he's still in one piece. He knows it, Lewis. You better. And everyone goes, that was, that was wow, Cliff, that was, that, was, that was pretty good. You're a really cool guy. And <laughs> Cliff goes, well. Then Carla opens it up. <laughs> it's someone else's name. And uh, yeah, so kind of all of this passionate apology kind of crumbles after they realise he gave a different person's name. <laughs> that the person's name he gives is in a wheelchair, and yeah. Lewis wouldn't beat up a man in a wheelchair. Or they're like in a full body cast as well. Yeah. Because uh, they recently. Did they fall out of a window, or am I making that up? Yeah, I think. <laughs> As, along with Kelsey Grammer as Dr. Frederick Payne yeah. and Sam Scarver as Lewis in his second and final appearance. We also have Mitch Kleindl as Eddie. Yeah. Uh, he also appeared in Hearts to Heart, Cagney on Lacey and Night Court. Night Court? Night Court. Night Court? Because it's all day, Jameson. <laughs> he was also the unit publicist for The Dark Half and Body Snatchers. Erwin Fuller as Mr. Fancybottom. He also played J. Edgar Hoover in Lepke. And appeared in Black Samurai, Cinderella 2000, Trapper John MD, Flamingo Road, Knott's Landing, Dallas, Matlock, Hunter, Growing Pains, The Young and the Restless, and Murder, she wrote. Was Cinderella 2000 the year it came out, or was it like the. No, so. Was it two separate films? No, it's one film, Cinderella 2000, the 2000s in the title. It sounds like a sci fi version of Cinderella. Yeah, so. which sounds alright. I mean, like, I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's like a robot version. Oh, it's the trivia bell. It's a trivia time, which means one thing. It's trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Cliff gave up a name. What name was on the, the piece of paper that he gave to Lewis, who he claimed handed Lewis in as the fragrance thief? Juan Torres is the name of the man in the envelope. You're absolutely correct. And that it was also a, a drawn map to his house as well. <laughs> what two items were at Carla and Eddie's date before it was cut short? Uh, dinner. Yes, that is one. And drink. Um, perhaps. We know bratwurst. Okay. Like the, the German sausage and an umpapaban. So Where did they go? <laughs> so he, 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 I'm guessing he took it to some kind of German uh, market, market or restaurant festival. Followed by an RP festival. Just nipped over to an Oktoberfest. When Sam goes into his office in the second half of this episode, he tells Jan that he's very busy. Yeah. What is he actually doing today? He's so busy. I want to say something that's very mundane, like reading a cartoon in a newspaper or something. No, he's making a paper out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm very busy, just holding up his paper and paper out and goes, throws it. What was Mr. Fancybottom complaining about? I'll give you a clue. Mr. Fancybottom is not his name, real name. It's just a name which 
uh, Diane referred to him as. His drink was too dry? The opposite. His martini was not dry enough. No, yeah. was so close. What fragrance was it? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what fragrance was what? Uh, that, that Lewis stuff. Ma- magazine fragrance? Mm, smells like magazine. Eau de toilette. Giorgio for men. Uh-huh. And it really suits Lewis, apparently. Well, that's the final call. Yeah. What should we have? Well, there was a drink that Frasier ordered when he first came in. And what was that? A tankard of your finest lager. Let's go for that. We'll have a tankard then. Mm. <laughs> okay. uh, and we'll raise our tankards to Lewis, yeah. who uh, was great to have back in the bar this episode, uh, and to his new job. We toast him to that. What's, What's your new job? Assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Cliff. <laughs> new job with FedEx. <laughs> I think we should drink to the, the sense of duty towards America, God, and all that we cherish, mm. as Cliff would yeah. say. And also, mm-hmm. remembering people's names. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It really shows you how the importance of a name. In this story, it's the name on a piece of paper who the person is getting in trouble. In the other story, it's calling out the name of the correct person, and it really shows you that the name is more just than a collection of letters which you respond to. It mm-hmm. is your identity. The great case of this in real life is Muhammad Ali, who was pushed against using Muhammad Ali when boxing, in his boxing career, because of the Islamic relevance, but because he was Islamic and that was the name he chose, that was the name he wanted to go by. That was something which he strongly identified with. Mm. He didn't want to go by his birth name of Cassius Clay. No, so we'll raise our tankards to names and the importance of them. This is where nobody knows your name, but we're always happy to hear it. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>